It's a hot night in the Cascade Mountains in Washington State. Picture yourself lying in a small cabin, your friends around you, talking about your latest crushes as the wind blows outside your cabin and pine cones occasionally fall on the roof. David Cassidy is by far the dreamiest. You're all crazy. Okay, fine. David Cassidy. So, who's your favorite Beatle then? Well, that's easy. Paul, for sure. Yeah, Paul, definitely. No way. George is so choice. I'll take him any day over Paul. What about John? He's pretty good looking, isn't he? Maybe, but Paul's the best. Don't forget Ringo. <laughs> you and your friends erupt in laughter. Poor Ringo. No one ever seems to have a crush on him. Suddenly, you hear a yell from the boys' cabin. You jump out of your bunk and scurry over to the window where the eight of you peer outside. In the distance, you see shadows moving around in the boys' cabin as if they are running around inside. God, those boys are such wimps. Yeah, why can't they be like Paul? Would you give it up already? Shh. Listen, something's wrong. Just then, you notice one of the older boys, that is a camp counselor, bursting from the cabin. He crosses the field, the moon is full, and the illuminated meadow is covered by sinister shadows of trees dancing in the slight breeze. Girls, back to your bunks! The counselor is running full tilt. You know something is wrong. Something is very wrong. You all scamper back to your bunks and pull your sleeping bags tight around your shoulders. It's quiet. Unusually quiet. The counselor finally arrives at your cabin door, slams it open, and tries to catch his breath. Ladies! Stay here, no matter what you hear. Do not go to the window. Just, just stay in bed. I'm going to be right outside. What's the matter? You ask in a loud whisper. I, I don't know, but, but something is out there and it's scaring the boys. If you're the type of person that prays, I'd start now. The counselor takes a few deep breaths, looks around to make sure you were all in your bunks, and then steps onto the small porch outside the cabin door. He shuts the door and you hear a loud rustling in the bushes. A huge sound crashes nearby like a falling tree. You close your eyes as tight as you can and say a quiet prayer in your mind. Save us. Whatever is out there, just, just save us from it. The sound of the rustling is broken up by the counselor's voice. It's shaky, scared, panicked. What? What is that? Is that, is that a... Oh my god! Pacific Northwest Sasquatch Shadows presents Something Cryptid This Way Comes. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever felt like you're in a tunnel? The sides are closing in on you. You're unable to escape the overwhelming feelings of unhappiness, anger, worry, or fear. I have, many times. Over the years, I've tried to solve my own problems, lean on myself, and suppress the depression of my past and the anxiety of my future. But then I decided to do something about it. And while I'm still a work in progress, I know that without getting help, those invisible monsters would reach for any opportunity they can to consume me. They still do. But with online therapy, I'm conquering those monsters. And it feels good. 
Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Maybe you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And here's a special offer for Something Cryptid This Way Comes listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash pnw. That's betterhelp.com slash pnw. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. In 1966, the Salvation Army opened a summer camp called Camp Timberlake, later known as Camp Arnold at Timberlake, near the west side of Mount Rainier in Washington State. Kids from all different backgrounds came to the camp to learn key core values, friendship, emotional growth, self-esteem, outdoor skills, and most importantly, to have lots of fun. Many kids were able to attend the camp thanks to the public welfare assistance that gave funding and support to families that otherwise would never be able to send their kids into the trees to learn about nature and the wilderness. A 12-year-old boy named TJ had been coming to this camp since its opening, but this summer, the summer of 1968, would prove to be the most thrilling and most testing yet. His sister had attended with him in the past, but this year he was coming alone. His favorite activity was the last day canoe races across Trout Lake. And while he came in second place last year, he knew this year he would win the coveted trophy. It was all he could think about as he packed his backpack, ready to head off to Camp Arnold. Mom! Mom! Where's my pocket knife? I need it! It's on your nightstand next to your flashlight. Got it! Let's go! I want to be there before the other guys. That way I can get the best bunk in the cabin this year. I'm always stuck on the bottom. TJ grabbed the small knife his father had left him before he left the house last year. His older sister decided not to go. She had her first job at the local ice cream parlor and couldn't get the time off. TJ threw his pack over his shoulder, walked out to the car, and climbed in after, tossing his pack and sleeping bag in the trunk of the old army green Ford Pinto. Come on, Mom. We gotta go. We're gonna be late. TJ's mom climbed into the driver's seat, looked at her son with a kind smile, and they set off on Highway 161 toward camp. She turned on the radio and started humming along with the Fab Four. TJ pictured himself hanging out with his friends, sitting around the campfire at night making s'mores, and playing pranks on the girls' cabin. 
They arrived at Camp Arnold on a hot July day. Not a cloud was in the sky, and the shape of Mount Rainier loomed over the camp. This was going to be the best year yet. The camp was divided into two areas, Boys Town and Girls Town. All the cabins were A-frames that were set in the surrounding fir and cedar trees, and as he entered his assigned cabin with his pack and sleeping bag, he immediately jumped up to a top bunk near the back of the cabin by a window. There were eight bunks on the ground level, and a loft above the bunks where the counselor would sleep. The next three days were full of adventure and discovery. TJ spent time swimming in Trout Lake and jumping off the boat dock while his friends would shoot down the spiral water slide. He enjoyed learning canoe safety, which also consisted of major water fights using paddles, shooting small caliber rifles, and practicing his bow and arrow skills. On the third night, everything changed. While they lay in bed, TJ's friend, Eddie, decided to tell a spooky story about a watcher in the woods. There once was a group of lumberjacks that were logging right near here. They had driven all day to get to the logging spot near this mountain, when all of a sudden, their truck stopped. They had to get out and hike back to town, the old town of Elma, as they made their way down the hills and through the forests one of the loggers fell and twisted his ankle. The other loggers told him to wait while they made their way to town and would come back with help. He waited for two days, scared to try to hike. But the whole time, he knew he was being watched. Owls would hoot and scare him. And then, all at once, a huge hairy monster that looked like a gorilla came out of the trees and picked him up. It screamed in his face and the logger could smell its rotten breath and feel the blood trickling down his face that fell from the monster's mouth. The boys laughed. TJ both liked and hated being scared. He loved the thrill and the feeling of anticipation, but he hated the pictures in his mind that came along with that feeling of adrenaline. Eddie continued. The monster dropped the logger and grabbed him around his broken ankle. Then it started to drag him off into the trees. The logger tried to scream, but he couldn't get a sound out. Finally, the monster stopped, held the logger over a cliff, and let go. The logger crashed down the side of a hill and landed with a splash in a small fishing lake where he sank down and got stuck in the mud, reaching for the surface and finally drowning. His body is still there, reaching up from the mud of the lake, a lake just like this lake. So be careful when you go out into the woods, especially at night. Because whenever you hear a breeze in the trees, it's the breeze of the Watcher. He's always watching and waiting to take you away and drown you in the lake. The boys were silent and then all broke out in laughter. Finally, after the laughing and giggling died down, and the boys stopped making the sounds that, well, boys often do when left to their own devices, they fell asleep, one by one. TJ could hear his counselor snoring above him and giggled to himself. And then he slept. Suddenly, TJ sat up. 
He was disoriented and everything around him was dark. Then he remembered where he was. He was sweating and cold at the same time. Loud noises from outside the cabin had woken him. The Watcher, he's here. Everyone, stay in your bunks. Do not come out. Something's outside, in the trees. Don't go near the windows or doors. Stay here, I'll be right back. Their counselor, Craig, jumped down from his loft, ran to the door, and slammed it shut. This episode is sponsored by Pride Counseling. We live in a world of mystery, of unanswered questions, of constant bombardment from endless opinions, and mostly, from questions within ourselves. I've taken advantage of online therapy and have seen the benefits as a professional, a father, a spouse, and a friend. And without the help from online counseling, I would most likely still be stuck in the ruts of uncertainty and bleakness. We all struggle with our own true nature at one point or another, or we know someone who has. Therapy can be the difference between happiness and overwhelming darkness. Pride Counseling is affordable, private online counseling for the LGBTQIA community. You can get access to licensed, trained, fully accredited counselors and therapists that are LGBTQIA friendly. These counselors and therapists have at least three years of experience, at least 2,000 hours of hands-on experience, and are qualified and certified by their state's professional board. All you need to do is go to pridecounseling.com slash pnwpod. Fill out a questionnaire, get matched with the counselor who is perfect for you, and you can start counseling today. It's more affordable than in-person counseling. And if you can't afford counseling, there is financial aid available that you can apply for. You get unlimited 24-7 messaging with your counselor, meaning you're connected with a counselor the entire time via your phone or computer, and you can schedule live video, phone, or text sessions with your counselor as well. With Pride Counseling, you're not wasting time traveling, and if you don't vibe with the therapist you're matched with, you can switch. Best of all, you connect from the comfort of your home. Half the battle of getting into counseling is getting to the counselor, and Pride Counseling eliminates that hassle. Plus, a lot of people in the LGBTQIA community are not comfortable talking to a therapist in person out of fear of discrimination, or perhaps they just don't have access to a therapist that specializes in what they're struggling with. With Pride Counseling, you can connect with an LGBTQIA counselor from anywhere. And as a special offer to Something Cryptid This Way comes, listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at pridecounseling.com slash pnwpod. That's P-N-W-P-O-D. Again, that link is pridecounseling.com slash pnwpod. Thank you to Pride Counseling for sponsoring this podcast. The boys sat in silence, not daring to make a sound. Dang it, Eddie, this is your fault, TJ thought to himself. All of a sudden, Eddie yelled from his bunk next to the other window. You guys! You guys, there's huge people out there! Shut up, Eddie! You already told us a story! No, no, really! There's people out there, but they aren't like, like real people! They're tall! Really tall! 
Oh my god, they must be at least t 10 feet tall and covered in hair. TJ began to panic. His body was shaking. He lifted his sleeping bag over his head. Eddie kept describing what he saw. Now they're walking by the girls' town. Oh crap, one of them is looking this way. They're pushing the bushes over. One of them is carrying something. I think it's, it's a huge rock. Screw this. Eddie huddled under his sleeping bag and the only sound from inside the cabin was the heavy breathing of all the boys in panic. Whatever was out there was making a ruckus and it wasn't stopping. TJ listened for what seemed hours and finally, as the black of night started to turn deep blue with the coming morning, the commotion stopped. Craig had never come back to the cabin. Is Craig at the bottom of the lake? I'm never swimming there again. As the sun rose, the boys silently got dressed. None of them spoke, for the fear of the evening's events had caused them to lose any interest in conversation. As they stepped into the bright morning sun, beams of sunlight poked through the trees, illuminating the small bugs and other winged insects floating in the air. Early morning bullfrogs echoed across the lake. Were it not for the haunting of the previous night, it would be a peaceful and beautiful scene. But TJ was distracted. As he and his cabin mates walked to the dining hall, they looked around and on the ground, they saw a massive fir tree on its side. This must be the sound that woke me up. As they walked around the fallen tree, they saw its root ball ripped from the ground, but the other trees around it were untouched. If there had been a storm, wouldn't, wouldn't other trees be on their sides too? There were no branches scattered across the ground, as they often do after a storm. All the foliage, except for a few torn-up bushes, looked untouched. And then, TJ saw something that scared him to his core. All around were footprints. Barefoot human footprints. Hundreds of them. But they were too big to be human. Some looked like a giant man's print. The others must have belonged to a giant of some sort. As he kept walking, he looked closer and saw something even more disturbing. Among the massive prints were smaller prints, child size, intertwined between the large prints. Why were kids out here too? TJ was having a tough time fathoming what he was seeing, and his mind started racing with thoughts of what Eddie described the night before. Maybe, maybe a tribe or, or group of monsters were here. Maybe they brought their kids. Craig walked up to TJ and his group of friends, looking shaken but also seemed to be focused on keeping a confident demeanor. Hey guys, man, th those girls really got us. <laughs> he said unconvincingly. You think these steps are big? You should see the dogs that live here. Craig's voice trailed off as he looked in the distance. There was a look of fear in his eyes that unnerved the boys. TJ knew this could not have been the girls. How would they have walked around with huge feet? No... This was no prank. The group made their way around the lake and the perimeter of the camp and noticed even more large footprints around the water tower. As they made their way to the lake, they noticed algae and milfoil that had been pulled out and placed on the shore in piles. It was everywhere, a giant green mess. Later that evening, as the campers all made their way back to their cabins, TJ had finally convinced himself that it was indeed a great prank, 
and facing the darkness became a little bit easier. But there was still a twinge of doubt in his mind. Was it really the girls? If it was, it was the moment for some payback. TJ decided to break out the record of scary sounds that he'd brought with him. Their counselor hadn't come back to the cabin yet. He was probably out with that counselor named Susie, kissing on the dock again. He climbed up to the forbidden loft, placed his record on the player next to his counselor's bed, and lowered the needle. Happy haunting. boys laughed, and they could hear screaming from across the field next to the girls' cabin. Way to go, TJ! You got him! Ha! The perfect prank! Oh crap! Here comes Craig! Get back down! TJ grabbed his record, scraping the needle across its face, jumped down the loft ladder, and climbed into his bunk. Craig opened the door. All right, you numbskulls. I heard that. The boys waited for the wrath of Craig. He had a sullen look in his face. But then he broke into a smile. <laughs> Good one, guys. But he still looked panicked. Did he know something that he wouldn't share with the rest of the campers? That evening, after the prank on the girls, the boys all slept without another disturbance. But they lay awake most of the night, visions of what could have made those prints floating around in their heads. Eddie refrained from telling a scary story, much to the boys' relief. The next day, Craig and the other counselors gathered all the campers around. We need to end camp early this year. We're really sorry. We, we have to get this tree out of here and clean up the beach. So, unfortunately, you'll have to go home later today. And that was it. Camp was over. The mystery of the steps would remain a mystery. None of the girls had fessed up to the prank. Everyone was on edge, and the feeling of trepidation in the air was palpable. TJ was relieved to see his mother pull up in their car. He was sad to be leaving, but he was thankful to have survived whatever was in the woods. Was Eddie's story real? Was there a watcher in the woods? He would never know, but he was sure of one thing. Whatever was out there was either the best prankster in the world or an unknown monster looking to steal children in the night. Or maybe, just maybe, it was the Watcher in the Woods.
listening to this retelling of the Camp Arnold account in 1968 near Mount Rainier in Washington State. TJ's name has been changed, as has Eddie's and Craig's, but to this day, only one camper has come forward that we know of with this story. And yet, there must be multiple campers and counselors who actually experienced this event, should it be true. If you or someone you know is one of those, well, lucky individuals that has, please send a message directly to pnwsasquatchshadows at yahoo.com. We'd like to help get you in touch with TJ and learn more about this event. Dialogue used in this short story is created from the events of documented encounters near Mount Rainier, originally named Tahoma, and is not necessarily accurate but is based on extensive research. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating and a review, which will help get these stories out there. And again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and visit us on Instagram at PNW Sasquatch Shadows. Help spread the word and reach out and say hello. Something Cryptid This Way Comes is part of the Old Mountain Media family of podcasts and is written, produced, and sound engineered by me, Dr. Russ, of Pacific Northwest Sasquatch Shadows. Coming this fall, a new podcast with extensive stories will make its debut, Legends and Tales of the Pacific Northwest. This storytelling format will reveal legends and tales of adventure and mystery, many of which are not commonly known. So keep your eyes out for this upcoming podcast, and stay tuned for tales of invention, discovery, mayhem, and even a touch of murder. Thanks for listening, and remember... If you see big hairy creatures walking around your cabin in the woods, just remember TJ and his night in the woods. He wasn't alone. You might not be either. But never fear. I hear they like roasted marshmallows. And Paul is their favorite beetle too. Maybe just play some Love Me Do. production of Old Mountain Media. Visit us on Instagram at PNW Sasquatch Shadows and Facebook at Old Mountain Media.
something cryptid this way comes. comes.